Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Matt and the B-Flats, episode three. Three weeks now, three episodes. It's a real thing. We're official, I think, now. Uh, uh, uh. Farther than most experimental shows get, I would say. (laughs) Uh, and the first two episodes have gone pretty good. We actually have, I checked, 25 subscribers now on iTunes, and I feel like that's pretty good because just as we're recording this podcast, uh, the second one I don't think is even out yet. I think it was posted to iTunes, but it's not officially released yet. So from the first episode, having 20, 25 sub- subscribers was was pretty cool. Uh, I'm happy that some people are already on board with this. Uh, I appreciate all of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I felt like too, Matt, and you know, for the majority of our podcasts, or just the podcast communities that I know, there's always a Facebook group, and originally I wasn't going to do that, but earlier today I did set up a Facebook group for this, and uh, I'll start posting the the show to that as well, and hopefully we can get at least a little community going there, that that makes things a little bit fun. Alright, I'll throw out some invites. Let's get into it. I'm Brian. I don't know what I've been listening to lately. I don't know what I've been doing lately. Uh, actually, I do want to give a quick <laughs> shout out in my little intro right now to the Suds. Uh, a friend of mine and Raleigh's, uh, his band is this jazzy. Uh, how would you describe the Suds, Brian? What would you so, say is like um, their. So, my good friend, Tal Aquino, uh, shout out to him, right? Um, he is a great. Musician, he's probably one of the best drummers um, in Staten Island, and um, Shaolin. Basically, Shaolin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, he basically just uh, picked up the guitar uh, about uh, probably a little over a year and a half ago, and uh, just started learning jazz chords. And like, uh, he went to music high schools and stuff. Like, he knows theory and stuff, but it, he doesn't really apply it. Like, if you talk to him, he's just like. Yeah, dude, like, I just play what sounds good. And um, yeah. he is someone that you wouldn't realize um, not has a lot He's of an incredible singer, too. I want to yeah, mention that. But, like, like, he just is, out of nowhere. I didn't expect that. He is uh, someone that is, like, just really, really deep um, and uh, just kind of, like, out of just nowhere. Just, like, meaningful in like his words, it. too. Yeah, like, like you his, like his lyrics are, are really, really well done. Um, but I've been listening to his band uh, excessively uh, for, like, since the show, which I went to go see him play live uh, in Pine Brooklyn. Box, I think it was, was Pinebox. Uh, and it was a great time. And his one song, One Night, actually, yeah. while I was driving earlier... Like, I was in just, like, one of these moods or whatever when it was, like, half rainy. And uh, I literally got goosebumps while listening to his song. Which is a weird thing to say about a friend's song. It's, like, it's... So, yeah, I'll tell you, um, I'm pretty sure one night, um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, like, a, almost 90% sure it's one night, um, is about this girl. Um, we met her uh, playing a show with Wayward. And, like, uh, she was mad lit, but, I mean, she's kind of a dub now. But, like, her and Tom just, like, <laughs> hit it off. And, like, they were just, like, yeah. mad cool. And then a, a couple weeks later, uh, they had, like, a one-night stand or something. And, like, he's, like, you know, like, 
he really liked this girl and uh i think uh then um she kind of just dubbed him but um yeah i mean like all of his songs are are real the lyrics are really actually pretty like thoughtful which uh which is pretty crazy too considering he's still only 20 years old as well and I feel like he does an incredible job at making a lot of his the the lyrics to his songs not seem like he's necessarily so young. Yeah, uh, and like, which, which is, is pretty difficult. Cool. To, which the, is difficult to do. That's very yeah. That's actually one of the biggest credits I'll give him as a musician. It, it, besides how actually musically talented he is, is actually putting the like constructing lyrics to a song and, and making it flow really really well um so there you go a little little rant about how much uh, i love his band right now uh other than that i've also been listening to the arcade fires um most recent album a little bit and like, that's pretty cool do you, do you think it lives up there's only a few songs from it i like yeah i do not i i do like like the arcade fire are one of the most Im- it was hyped up a lot. well the well see everything Everything the Arcade Fire release is going to be, there's going to be a, a bit of hype because they they create yeah. that for themselves, but they do it in a, like an interesting way. They don't just ramp up the PR machine and then you get it every on every mainstream radio station you can find. But like they'll do like with Reflector, they they created like a fake band and then released the album as the Arcade Fire and just sort of let everybody yeah. know that's what they were doing. This time around, it was like way more obscure and. Like I'm, I'm with Spagnoli. I do not love this album, but there are like I feel like that opener is kind of an important song. <laughs> like it's, yeah. like it's so poignant for the times we live in. And and Raleigh's correct. It was super. It was super hyped. But that's just that's just the kind of gravitas that comes with that band. I mean, yeah. like them and like Godspeed You Back You Black Emperor are like. <laughs> Anytime they release an album, people are going to be like, "What? They're, it's coming out." I mean, Fleet Foxes yeah, yeah. earlier this year was the same, and War on Drugs is coming in a <laughs> couple weeks now, and yeah, like there. But are, that changes things too, because a, a lot of times, if a band has a previous presence in the industry, uh, they like people are going to be so much more inclined to like to like kind of encourage themselves to like their music. Just because of their previous association with the band, yeah, uh, and sometimes you know bands will release subpar albums, you know, far mm-hmm. into their career, and mm-hmm. people will still like acknowledge it as and, and still listen to it just for the sake of it being from that artist. Um, but I did like Arcade Fire, uh, like everything now, and um, I think it was Electric Blue. I really I like both of those uh, a lot. Matt, let's go to you. Uh, tell us uh, about your life. What are you listening to right now? What are you doing? Anything fun? Well, um, I've actually, over the past couple of days, been listening to the new Randy Newman album. Um, almost nonstop. Uh, I know that probably makes me sound like the super old person of, of the crew here. <laughs> you because, just aged yourself by an extra because, 20 years. Well, well sure. but see, the funny thing is, like, Randy Newman, I know you and Raleigh will probably be like, oh, that's the guy who wrote all those songs in the Toy Story movie credits. Or or he's the guy that did I Love to See You Smile in the 80s. I didn't... Um, yeah, yeah. Randy Newman's legacy is actually really goddamn cool. Um, he Tell pa- me more about him. Okay. He packages uh, himself as sort of a New Orleans-ish 
piano man um like he will he will like he plays piano and most of his albums will have like full-on jazz arrangements full-on symphony arrangements but the subject of his i think actually he's probably more important to the current state of music than than dylan is um really i don't think he's better than dylan i don't want you to i don't want you to get it twisted but okay. the, the biting satire throughout his non-soundtrack career is it's it's the it's like it's like watching early George Carlin or Bill Hicks or so, or Robin is, or Robin Williams when he takes that joke just a little too far far enough to offend you and I think yeah. there's a lot of that on his new album because a lot of it is pertain to what's going on right now because there's some shit happening <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah there, there's so much for everyone to kind of comment on all the time over like probably the last year and a half mm-hmm. but it, that's kind of interesting because i don't really think i ever thought of him in any way besides like he did toy story but he's done a bunch of like uh, he's done a bunch of pixar stuff, movies right? and, so, like, and gotten oscar nods and awards for that's those the only thing that I really think of from yeah. him too. Like uh, I, I did not know about his like outside career at all until you literally just mentioned it right now. Oh uh, yeah. So it, yeah, it's really surprising for me. But I guess this is an age thing as well too. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, be... there was a song, and this is gonna this is gonna start to tease our topic. But there was a song of his covered by Nora Jones. Um. Mm called I think it's going to rain today for the longest time and I'd heard that song she's amazing for she uh, yeah she's she she's all right um she's all right she's all right okay I mean she's better she's you know I'm not gonna say she's bad because I don't think she's bad but like she's hit or miss with me um okay for the longest time I thought that song was like just about someone going through like heartbreak um, where everybody's trying to help him or help the the central character and it was always just pessimistic for him and until like probably in the last maybe nine ten years I realized that's written from the point of view of a hobo really and like it's uh, well I think it's a lot of fun though too to notice the, like the the like extended meaning of songs too and i think about this actually for myself uh, i'm actually in school i'm a communications media studies major and a lot of the stuff we do is media analysis mm-hmm. and when i go back and look at anything whether it be music movies tv even video games too mm-hmm. uh how much grander everything is because of this new perspective, like they, the tools that I've kind of been given where like you just pick up on the references that they are very, very deliberately using within their songs or within their movies and within TV, within, any, within anything. It just makes uh, you look at every bit of media a little bit more i don't want to say differently but just more yeah and uh, i mean and like i think that's very fun to do and like one of my favorite things by by randy newman is his album good old boys which is written from different point of views but each of these point of views are like from it's it, each of them are from a different character that is basically a a southern racist 
um, mm. to and to varying degrees. Uh, like the the opener to that song is called or the opener to that album is called Rednecks and the opening words to that song are I saw Lester Maddox on a TV show now if you don't know who Lester Maddox is he's a former leader of the KKK um, <laughs> okay and he's like I saw Lester Maddox on a TV show with a smart ass New York Jew the Jew okay. laughed at Lester Maddox and the audience laughed at him too and. Um, now he may be a fool, but he's our fool. If you if they think they're better than him, they're wrong. And then then yeah. it turns into introspection from the characters. Like so, I so I, I went to the park and took uh, a, some paper along, and that's where I made this song. Now he goes on to say the n word like eight times in that song. Um, huh. Maybe more. I don't remember. I'm literally reading the excerpt about this on the Wikipedia page actually right now. <laughs> like, as you're talking about it. So, like, like I'm, I'm doing, like, some history homework like, while we're doing this. But you think in, like, the early to mid-70s, we're just, like, in 68, Martin Luther King got shot. I mean, we yeah. are just post some serious civil I rights mean, shit. So much crazy shit is happening during this and, time. And, 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 this, and this white guy has the balls... To say, hey, this is what I've seen Southerners think like, you know, and, yeah. and you, 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 because like the first time, the first time I remember hearing Randy Newman and like actually paying attention and wondering what the hell is this, I was working at Tower, and it was a live version of Rednecks, and I heard him say keeping the N word down, and I'm like, what the hell is this racist non- nonsense? And then the, the the manager who put that album on said, go listen to the actual album. You'll come back tomorrow and, and tell me you're wrong. And I was like, yeah. I was like, fuck you, man. I'm going to do that. And so this is interesting. So yeah, it criticizes racism itself, but then like just generally everything that's going on at the same time. Is that the whole point of his song? Or uh, it- I mean, he, it's basically, it's, it's, the there's a there's a different like coming from New York, you have a certain amount of pride of coming from New York, especially if you were to leave New York. I'm using New sure. I'm using New York just because that's what you know. Me com- yeah, me no. coming from the and it's also true. Me coming from the <laughs> Midwest, you know, I have a certain amount of pride of where I come from. I also have been in Philadelphia for 14 years now, and I look back at the Midwest and go, man, there's some shit going on over there. And coming to an album like Good Old Boys, like my opinion changes every time I listen to it because my life experience changes every time I listen to it. And that's not a result of me listening to Good Old Boys just because I listen to that album so, so sparsely. Because yeah, really, yeah. who wants to sit down, you know, I'm having a couple of drinks, let's put some Randy Newman on. No, that's not what we <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. I've never said that before. I've never actually Those said, words will never, that's Randy, never Friday come out of Are you guys kidding but, me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like, you're like, like, oh, I mean, like, he was listening right before the Friday show. Night since I was like in middle school. Yeah, yeah, Randy Newman and uh, and I'm not he, sure. I I I'm not sure whether to be jealous <laughs> or worried. I'm both, and, some and it scotch. makes me happy. <laughs> Probably, um, that's all it is. There you Just go. Now, now you're talking yeah, wrong. Thirteen year old you like with a glass of scotch and listening to Randy Newman. I mean, that's. I mean, <laughs> honestly, you could do that to the to the new album because I'm, I'm I want to take it away from Good Old Boys for a little bit because his new album is really goddamn good. It doesn't like. 
it's hard review it's hard thinking about older musicians from that time like it like i'll be honest with like let's be honest with each other here if you guys hear a new rolling stones album how much reverence are you gonna get yeah. Yeah, no, I get. I mean, like, I can, I can, I can listen to, I like, I listened to whatever their latest album was, something blue and, I guess blue and lonesome. I don't know. Those guys aren't lonesome. Trust me, (laughs) I've seen their concerts. (laughs) Um, But like, you know, it's definitely people that have been doing this for over fifty years, and they're kind of, they're they're using their songwriting to sort of stay in touch to what songwriting meant to them a time ago. It doesn't really seem to come from anything immediate or or present. It's very detached. Yeah. So it's really hard for me to get on board and be like, yes, the Stones are back! I mean, <laughs> now, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, cracked out Keith Richards at, like, however old he is, playing the way he does is bad because that would be that would be incorrect on so many different levels. I'm not going to say Mick Jagger, Bill Wyman, Charlie Watts. I'm not saying none of those guys can't perform anymore because they do every year to startling degree, despite anything medical science may have against them. But when you hear like, like Randy Newman's new album, Randy Newman's new album is biting with, with current social commentary in a way that is refreshing for an older artist. I mean, it kind of reminds me when Dylan came out with his album Modern Times, probably a decade ago now. Yeah. I, I don't remember when that came Wait, out. So but how it, recently was Randy Newman's album released? This uh, year. It was released this year. It was released literally last week. And yeah. and like the great debate on its own is completely present in modern news media because it is it becomes it becomes science versus religion and if you don't see that that you know argument is happening in front of you every day of your life i don't know what rock you have you are you have over your head and he presents i mean he presents a worthwhile argument from a character who is going to side with whom he sides with and he logically presents it and he even points out the fact that it's a joke just in case people don't get it um yeah yeah which is which is i've seen stuff like that too i mean so uh for me so much of what i do in 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 like in school right now with media analysis usually center around centers around movies and TV. Yeah. And it is interesting because there are a lot of times where people will try and make real commentary on politics or just the world. And they will be very like satirical or just extremely over the top ridiculous to try and get across the point. But some people won't recognize it as a deliberate insanity. Yeah. If that makes sense. And that can lead to, to real, real problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that I think of the that comes to mind right away for me uh, happened actually during my last semester uh, in a media analysis class where I think the show Dear White People released on Netflix. And even if it's a shitty show, yeah. people thought it was shitty for the wrong reasons a lot. They thought it was a, a like a legit attack and saying like, 
white people are not understand like the white people are stupid or, or something like that which is not exactly what the show was doing it was a very very again it's a show right but it was a very deliberate message saying like um i want to be heard and here's how ridiculous i'm going to sound in order to just get out there more yeah um, and that's what people do sometimes and as long as you recognize that from any like listener standpoint uh, or viewer standpoint it can make the whatever you're watching or listening to just come to life that much more and it just becomes more important uh well yeah i mean like that what was that it was it the hbo show the leftovers like did you hear about that you might heard something about this like i mean like really like when i watched episodes of that i i i got it i got what it was saying but i didn't feel like it hit the mark and i think because it didn't it didn't completely nail it there are plenty of people who go, oh, that's a great show because it really makes you think about your place in the universe. And I'm like, yeah, but you can think about your place in the universe and rub two brain cells together. And it's probably <laughs> yeah. going to be a bit more poignant than that show. Yeah, and, no. And like a lot of it is it's like, yeah, but. And then everybody gets pissed because like they don't really provide answers I'm like, because they're asking well, questions to which there are no answers. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most fun things, even with uh, with music or TV or anything, is just having uh, the people your your listeners or viewers just get so invested in your music that they can find meanings in different ways, mm-hmm. uh, and that can lead to really really cool things. I think it's one of the most interesting things in the world where one person a person can listen to one song. And, or a bunch of people can listen to one song and they can take it so differently. Yeah. And I think of it, I mean, you know, uh, like a, a year and a half ago, like I came out for the first time. And mm-hmm. for the first time I started to go out with people. And I remember the first time I fell in love, which was very interesting because then I suddenly realized, I like in my mind, every song was suddenly about that. Yep. Uh, and then after My Heart Was Broken, every song was suddenly about that. Yep. And they're the same songs, uh-huh. but they can be taken differently based on how you perceive them, like your circumstances or, or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's just a very, very interesting thing about consuming any media. Uh yeah, how different they, they, they can be shown. Well, and then um, it's it also varies on like on like a, a particular time and place because like look at that Randy Newman song. You know, I I could sit here and say, oh, that's about someone who has just been you know dumped and everything is just everything is rain. And I'm almost positive if you had just been dumped yesterday, I could play that song for you. Like, yep, it's gonna rain today. When really it's about. A hobo just trying to find shelter <laughs> and then yeah but, but like when you are fresh off of a breakup or even or even coming into something it's it's like everything has to be everything, everything every, has to mean something everything can be perceived whichever way you want especially yeah. if you're not paying attention to it like I remember, yeah. I remember there was um, one of the first girls I ever made a mixtape for. Um, <laughs> I I put on, and this date me 
this will, this will age me. This will make people. All right, yeah, you know, you're already up there the, with the Randy. Newman with the Randy, well, I mean, existed. how can I get any older, Where are you right? Done? But like, you're but up- no, this was like this was like the the mid '90s, and like the Jim Blossoms had become a thing. Um, and I put till I found, or I put I found out about you on a mixtape for a girl. That song is about a girl who is cheating on a dude. And because I did not pay attention to the lyrics, she's like, why is that on here? I'm like, because, you yeah, know, man. because, and, and, and I put it on there because everything was completely unexpected. She's like, you, have you listened to the lyrics? I'm like, yeah, n- n- no. She's like, listen <laughs> to it. I'm like, oh, I will even think that sometimes too, when I share music with people. That they may assume that I'm putting some extra meaning to it, and I will, like that I'm not trying to go for. So, oh yeah, if I share some song that's almost a love song to like a uh, like another uh, person, I will like second think it about whether or not I should send it, even if I just like the song because I think it's catchy or something like that. Yeah, uh, and I want to share it with people. I will very much hesitate with the idea that they could take the the message the wrong way. Uh, oh yeah, no, and and, and 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 I always I mean nowadays if I do that, I mean I don't do it with a mixtape anymore because who has a cassette? Um, but like I'll do a I'll do a Spotify <laughs> playlist and like and, and one time uh, my girlfriend now she sent me via text a Spotify song of "Cool Your Heart" by the Dirty Projectors. Um, this is from the Dirty Projectors album from this year, which is 100% unequivocally a breakup album. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I and not being the one to just jump at the bait and say, look, man, what are you doing? I'm like, um, yeah. I appreciate what you're doing here. And I'm trying to see this from your side. But... You should know about this album before you send something. And she's like, yeah. what do you mean? I'm like, um, the entire album is about the dude breaking up with his girlfriend and former bandmate. There is um, and, there's and, a Smith's and, album that I know that I, a kind of similar story happened with me. I forget which Strange Smith's Ways Here We is. Come. That's what it is. Probably that. Uh, and I was so addicted to it for, for a long time while I was going out with this guy. And I sent it. Sent one of the songs to him, and then I like. Which one was it? Which what? What did you send him? Tell me, please. Tell me what oh, you sent God. him. Oh God, let me see. Uh... Tell me it was paint a vulgar picture. That'd be great. That'd be, that'd be so <laughs> no, good. No, no, no. Did I don't remember. It was a while ago. Was uh, it a Russian a push in the land that we stand on is ours? No. no oh, you gotta I, find I, this, Spagnoli. I would recognize it right away. Okay. Well, uh, well, we we've gone on a bit too long. Raleigh, you with us? Yeah, yeah, you're here. You, what you, you dig? What you? What it is, my friend? What you digging? How's life? What are you listening to? And while Actually, while Raleigh is answering, Spagnoli, find that Smith song. I have to know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what I've been listening to? Yeah. Um. Really, still, uh, still stuck on the Bleachers' uh, newest album, Gone Now, man. Um, been been just really um. It's really been connecting with me a lot. Um, I need to hear that. I haven't. It, I need to get it, out, of my, get my head out of my ass, and listen to it. You haven't it heard is, the new Bleachers stuff. Uh, it is really cool. It is. I, I like it a lot. It is real, and like Matt being a a former music critic, um, I think you might get what that means. It's uh, very like different it's, too. 
Like, yeah. just their construction of a song. Yeah. Now, um, now, refresh my memory. Bleachers is the guy from Fun, right? Correct. Yeah, and it's, he was also in, like, a couple other bands. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of bands, but, like, is... Now, can someone just answer this question? Because I'm dying to know. Is Fun done? Yeah, Fun's done. Like, See, he, and that sucks. Rough. Because, like, the, yeah. the lead singer of Fun, that guy, he was... He has in, such a good vocal range, dude. He has a good vocal range. Um, and I would put it, I would put his vocal range up against Brandon Flowers, but that's just me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like his his band before that, the fan, the format released a fucking amazing album that got no press, no play whatsoever. So if you want a good album from about a decade ago, check out the format Dog Problems. That album is goddamn amazing. It is magnetic as shit and bubblegum poppy as all get out but not bullshit it is worth anybody's time um and like and i didn't like fun as much as i liked the format but i i saw what like the fun had some good moments like i really liked um carry on and um that other one some nights i really liked those two tracks but yeah. their albums yeah, yeah. as a I think whole did not. Some nights too. Their albums yeah. as a whole did not hit me, and you, and I need to just get my head out of my ass and check. Out I feel like it's very rare for for me to find albums, entire albums that I can feel that every single song just is a direct hit. Every single one is something that I will love. And that's gone now. I, I it's difficult like now. Me, you guys don't know. Like like, you, I mean, I'll be honest with you. This is the one generational thing that I will sort of cling on to between the three of us. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, like, Spagnoli, you told us the first episode, you've never bought a CD. For real? No. I don't no. know what my life would be like <laughs> had I never done that. Yeah. And well, like, I think that's an, also an emphasis I, that bands can hold on to is you just need one good song and then people will know you. Well, and see, and the oh. weird thing is that's history repeating because that was the 50s and the 60s. And most of the 70s, all you needed was that one hit and you were set. Didn't matter what else yeah. you put on the album. I, don't know. Um, I mean, fortunately, we had people that took the album format seriously and tried to pack it with a with a, with a good mix of, of, of songs and a good story or just... Well, s- this is one of the reasons why I will very much disagree with you, Matt, with The Killers and the album Samstown. Which is, I think, a very, very well done album to listen to from beginning to end. Because it is a full story. You know how many times I've tried with Sam's Town, Spagnoli? (laughs) Do it again for me. Come on. I played Helldivers from the other show. That's true. Okay. All right. Fair. Fair. I will report to you in a week. (laughs) And I did not realize you actually played Helldivers. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. I did. I think... uh, yeah, I actually sold my PS4. Not That's fair. Or, That's yeah. fine. I was, I was too hooked on the Xbox, but... Oh, well, well, it's interesting right. enough now um, to actually see the industry change in the way that, like, you just release hits now. You don't release albums. Like, it, yeah. it, it is... It, it is it's become so expensive to do it. Um, well, I, I guess it's always been expensive, but um, there's so many people that, that are doing it, especially in, in the pop scene. You know, you have a thousand different um, artists, if you want to call them that. 
uh, a million. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and like they don't release like if you look at it, they'll release an EP. Mm-hmm. And then they'll release like two singles, and then they're done. And then they then it's 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 on it's on to the next person that week. And um, it's and and think and think see. the EP was a format that was that that record executives tried so hard to get rid of. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. they did not know what to do. With. They were like, "You need a single and a B side. That's what you need. Yeah. And if you have a couple of those that are good, we'll give you an album." But yeah. wh- wh- who wants to do an EP? Wh- what's an EP? Wh- what is an EP? And, and, and then, like, there were plenty of bands in the late 70s through the 80s and even to now that took to the EP as, like, this is where we can do our one-off stuff where we don't really have, like, a full album's worth of material. And some of them have been great. Well, some yeah. Coldplay some EPs are better like, than albums. Mm, don't you bring Coldplay into this? I mean, it's bad. I mean, I, I personally don't like. I, don't, I like the one song off it. Is yeah. Wait, do you not like Coldplay, Coldplay either, Matt? It no. depends on what Coldplay we're talking about. Yeah, like uh, beginning Coldplay was Fireboy. Yeah, they were. Uh, <laughs> I mean, par- um, Parachutes, Rush of Blood to the Head. Those are great albums, despite the amount of radio play they had. Um, I thought. What was it? X and Y was their third one. I thought that was better than people gave it credit. But that's to, a yeah. That's but a to be fair, to be fair, that album is really goddamn long. Like that, it feels like it takes you three days to listen to that album. It really does. They take yeah, a day. But... They take a day off that. They have a classic. Um, and then the last album of theirs that I really really liked was um. I guess I'll say Milo. I'll call it I'll call it Milo Zyloto. I I really liked that one. Milo Zylo, yeah. I don't funny. think the I don't think a lot of people agree with me on that one. But the one like Viva La Vida, yeah, that album sucks. I'm sorry. It's yeah. it's it, well, they had that one song and it is well, they I got feel like just a very catchy song that, but right? they got like um, in trouble. Did they really? I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I, like I don't know. they got sued like a couple like I think tens of millions of dollars they like apparently he like stole the orchestral uh violin line like uh, i think it was like the second cello line like something like you couldn't hear on the recording really but like someone like found out like he like didn't write that and they said that he did or something and like it's like it was banned from the radio for a while. Was Brian Eno implicated in the suit? I don't know. I don't know. Because Brian like, Eno produced that album, and he is a personal hero of mine. If Brian Eno's name has been sullied, I need to fight for this because <laughs> I will. I'm I, be <laughs> taking up no. arms just to. Like I, I think they took it. I will. Like I will take up banners like Game of Thrones style. I will fight <laughs> like a fucking I, dragon for Brian. Yeah, Eno's like I think music. they took it from like a Bach piece or so, like like. Something like really random. Really, but all that all that stuff's not in the public domain yet. And but no, like it is, and, 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 and then like no one said anything, and then they they, they played it on, on the radio for like three weeks, and then there was this whole big lawsuit, and it's and it was banned from the radio, and I think it kind of like is still kind of shunned. I don't know if it's banned, but like. It's like you don't hear it on the radio anymore because of that. 
Not some garbage, but whatever. and like they weren't allowed to play it for a while. Like 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 uh, it, it was a big deal. They didn't play. Is it the? I don't know the name of the song, but is it the don't 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 Vita la vida. Yeah, yeah. yeah. correct. Dun, Come on, yeah. I'm, I don't know the name of the song. I'm sorry. It's Viva la vida. It's the one that everyone knows. Dude, I I grew up in the '90s when Ricky Martin became a thing. Anytime someone says Vita, I'm thinking Live la yeah, Vida no, Loca. I feel like, and I that makes me want to ki- that triggers me. Believe it. or I not. I gotta remember. <laughs> yeah, like you know like the oldness that you got back going from the on 90s, right now. It would it, it would be Ricky Martin. Yeah. We were just. We, we, we I mean, just, and the truth. We just the, take them out. The honest truth of it is, I'm probably just jealous that my ass will never be as good as that man's, but <laughs> I have to live with it. I'm sorry. As a heterosexual male, Ricky Martin's got a good ass. Say it. All right, All right. I think I don't. I don't know if he does anymore, but. Uh... <laughs> oh come on, come on, Spaggy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you think he has enough? You think he has a, He and J Lo insured their asses. Trust me, that motherfucker yeah. is keeping. He's maintaining that because <laughs> the insurance gonna be like, "Well, you're letting it sort of go away. I don't think we need to." He's like, "Oh god." He's like, "No, no, yeah, no, 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 no." I will take care of, 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 it. Yeah. of mi perro. He will take care mm. of it. <laughs> oh god. It says right here, Coldplay. Um, no, no, no. Oh yeah, your friend Matt Bri- Brian Eno. He, he, he was the one. He, like they they tried to they tried to out U two their already U two s career Mom's and get forward. Brian Eno yeah. to produce Viva so, Vida. So apparently, there's been a few um, accusations of Coldplay plagiarizing, <laughs> and this one was from Joe <laughs> Joe. Sashrani, uh, the guitarist. Oh, there's a shocker uh, in this game. Yeah. Um, to be honest, this happens all the time, though, with music. He accused him of ripping off. It just says copyright infringement. Uh, it, it, it doesn't really say what. It doesn't matter. It really depends on. I don't know if they actually had a case. I don't. I don't follow. I don't follow music like that. I just try and. I, I like listening to it. I'm not I mean, gonna. I'm not gonna uh, deal yeah. with the. Yeah. I'm not gonna I mean, deal it with. It was the, like it was four years after they released the album. So. Which is. Oh, well, no, but see. But he, see. The thing he is. He dropped it. He the, dropped. The okay, because he realized. Oh wait a minute. I don't have. It's not more than three notes. Um, yeah. But like. When copyright infringement became a thing, and it became a thing in 1990, Well, it was changed. It was, uh, for a really long time, copyright infringement, uh, like, lawsuits were, were very, very lax. And well, and they were, also, of, uh, they were also aimed at hip-hop, which was... For real, which, no, this is actually... Which a, is, well, yeah. I mean, the first, the first one that actually won was this weird, obscure French artist against De La Soul off of one of the great hip-hop albums of all time, Three Feet High and Rising. They used a, a small snippet of a song and just and just scratched over it, and that got this band that yeah. hadn't done anything for forever, you know, money. 
Uh, I don't know how I mean, it probably wasn't much, but then like which is then like ridiculous to me though too uh, to think about a creative like piece of work where these artists are to an extent at least yeah uh, where these artists are creating a clearly very very new stuff uh, right. But it's the f- still it's, facing it's, these challenges from a, like as long as you're not like really deliberately stealing like full chunks of songs. And then playing it off like you made it. Uh, like Puff Daddy and Mace did in the late 90s. Yeah. Well, like, right? Like, dude, like, I could, like, I could play the same chord structure as Viva La Vida. Uh, same exact way with the same... Yeah. With the same well, exactly. Like, it's so interesting how quick people are to, like, Unless blow the whistle on this type of stuff, too. If I remember correctly, I think it was... it. Maybe it was Bruce Springsteen, not too long ago, maybe ten years ago, in an interview, like openly admitted to saying that a couple of his riffs to his songs were just ripped off from the Beatles, and he just says this very casually because he's Bruce Springsteen, and like, what are people gonna do now? Um, well, yeah, I mean, like, the two uh, the two good Beatles are dead. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the Beatles are gonna come after him. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um. Yeah, uh, it's just a... I mean, and if you want to believe conspiracy theories, that's not really Paul McCartney. He died at Abbey Road. <laughs> I was about to so... say for a second, who are the two good Beatles? I was going to question it. No, the two um... good Beatles are John and George. Make no mistake. John, okay. because he followed his freaking brain, and George, because he was fucking fearless. Um, oh, Paul oh, McCartney Ringo. has ridden the Beatles' legacy, and Ringo Starr was like, "Man, has I was done just so happy much to be involved. I just like to drum. That's all." And then you know, <laughs> and, you know, now it was it John Lennon that said the the quote, uh, "Ringo's not even the best drummer in the Beatles." At some point <laughs> to... Yeah, he did. I think it was him. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and and yeah. see, it's really funny how we're stuck on like copyright infringement and 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 legal stuff. And I, I hope you don't mind, Raleigh, unless you had anything more to say. No, no. Um, I think it's I, I think it's ironic that I think it's ironic that our topic is covers. Yeah, this is exactly the perfect <laughs> yeah. segue like, that we didn't plan at all yeah, we to totally, lead into this. We totally, I told you we we're gonna find some wild card thing to find some way to, to tie this in. I mean, I don't um, know. I don't know which genius said it, but someone said I clearly fucked up into a gold mine. So <laughs> yeah, so this worked perfectly too because. Yeah, before the show, we were talking about it, and uh, I've been uh, listening to actually a cover from The Killers uh, right now. That what did those uh, assholes cover? Uh, it's a good Julia. song. No, no, no. It's a good song uh, that I think they do really, really well. Kenny Rogers, uh, "Ruby, Don't Take Your Love to Town." Uh, the Killers covered it, and I love it. I'll I, give. I, I mean, if they do it well, and I'll and I'll check it out. It's it's off the album Sawdust and it's very interesting because a, it's a be very a difficult sound song to cover. Killers. It'd be a difficult yeah. song to cover. It's very odd to to listen to it because it's not really the style of the Killers. I mean, Kenny Rogers and the Killers are not like a thing that you'd ever expect to to kind of cross paths in any way whatsoever in my mind. But I think they do it so incredibly well, and I think Brandon Flowers actually like executes it extremely extremely well um yeah. and yeah country's re- country's weird that way man like it, it like 
when you when like the good con- there's a, there's definitely I mean I'm pretty sure Raleigh could agree with me on this. So there's definitely a separation between good country and bad country, and the difference the difference is, um, not so much the honesty. Because I'll bet you there's more honesty in bad country than there is than than many would give credit. But it's like the nuance, it's the delicacy of the delivery or the dichotomy as we were as we were talking while Raleigh was not present. And Kenny Rogers, like you know, I was exposed to him a lot as a kid because uh, I grew up in a very country, a country loving demographic and like he's one of those he's one of those singer songwriters whether you want to call him country or not who wrote things that were super poignant well beyond the constraints of his genre i mean yeah i mean i I feel like there's a tendency for what you guys are talking about with the bad country where they overplay. If you guys have ever seen that, I think it's Bo Burnham, the uh, stand-up comedian skit where he he makes fun of uh, pandering. Yeah, pandering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel yeah, this is a real thing that genuinely does happen a lot, not just with country, but so much music. Well, see, and, it's, and, and it sucks. It's it yeah, sucks. It's uh, it's crazy to think about. It's a great skit for anyone that hasn't seen it like i'll be Uh, real with you i'm glad i have a girlfriend now so i wouldn't have to deal with sifting through girls who love that bullshit (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh it's just really interesting though how that can become the identity of the genre though too because i wouldn't say that i'm a huge country fan at all uh but to discredit the entire genre for anything oh yeah just wrong Correct. Uh, and I, I think there are certain songs uh, that just they with country music they can make just as significant and uh, extremely meaningful pieces of work as anyone, uh, and they very often do. But I mean, one of my you, favorite songs that's a country song. Um, well, actually, I'll mention two of them: Waylon Jennings. He did a song called "Are You Sure Hank Done It This Way," and it's it's about a fear of selling out. It's about a fear of just doing what someone else had done to make money. And then you know, Jolene is one of the great you know love songs of all time because it's not towards a man and it's not even really towards a woman. It's just like Jolene, I know you're after my dude. Please don't do it. Yeah, and you know, the only part no, but as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and it's an often color- covered song, believe it or not. No, yeah, it's it's really really cool. Well, Matt, you were saying before though that you created a list of like thirty or something songs. Oh, so Jesus give God. me give me one or two that you really really love a lot. Uh, well, that you think are, are important to you. It seemed like in a in in a Facebook group I'm in called the Secret Friends Unite. They focus predominantly on geeky stuff, comics, movies. Well, comics and comic movies and sci-fi movies because if you talk about you know good movies they don't want to hear about it um <laughs> they when someone presented like the topic name a cover song that's better than the original and you had you know blue monday by orgy which is fucking incorrect no one does blue monday better <laughs> than new order and then a lot there were people that said Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You, which is a cover of Prince. Uh, Sinead O'Connor is a good singer, not better than Prince. 
Fuck off. Um, and a predominant one was Hurt by Johnny Cash, a cover of Nine Inch Nails, Hurt. Um, really? That's very weird to me to even think about. Well, uh, it's actually, I mean, it's a good song. Do you and agree I, with that? I, well, I don't think it's better. I don't think it's better than because that the, the the Nine Inch Nails version. I've not heard it, but I feel like that would just be odd to hear anyone else sing it. Are you familiar I, I, with Johnny Cash's voice? Very, very much, yes. Okay, Johnny Cash is like he's the one. If 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 he were still alive, I would say you know what. I want you to do an album of bad cover songs of great songs <laughs> and see what you do with it. Um, yeah. I would not include Hurt in that because it's not a bad cover song. I don't think it's bad at all. But I would love to see him cover something dumb like Sugar Sugar by the Archies. Like I think that would be a, I think that would be a <laughs> nah, nah, I'm ready for the Johnny Cash cover of Anaconda by Nicki Minaj. Yeah, like That's something like that. Want. Like that would be fun. <laughs> and and I feel like <laughs> if I if I were to say if if I were somebody of creative note because he didn't really deal with anybody who wasn't creative, he could and and I presented a case for that, he would probably go for it. But um yeah. His cover of Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode actually makes that song good. So I think that version is better than the original. I don't think Hurt is because I think Hurt is very much of Trent Reznor's time at the top and place. Um, I want to mention one other song actually too that I uh, was thinking about the other day that I recently found out was a cover is Respect. R E S P E C T. Oh, by Aretha Franklin. Um, oh yeah, Otis Redding wrote that shit. Otis <laughs> That's Redding. That's on my list. Listening. <laughs> oh, sweet. So, but for real, uh, listening to Otis Redding's version, it's crazy how different they're like presented. Just literally, uh, how the, the lyrics are the same. They're changed very slightly in Aretha Franklin's version, but. It's so odd to listen to it like it's a very like serious comment to like yeah respect find out what it means to me like it's important that you respect me as a human mm-hmm. like uh it's a like a very serious song and when you listen listen to Aretha Franklin's version which is amazing too uh it's just so much more fun that I feel like that loses the the real message of the song in some way well i uh, i mean otis redding is one of the greatest voices that has ever graced music and of all of his songs that i absolutely love his his respect is actually one that i just don't get really like, you don't like it i mean it's well it's one of those things it's, i mean and i grew up in a i grew i mean despite my parents being hyper hyper conservative I actually came out of that with very balanced values and I didn't yeah. want to treat any woman like I was better than them. So, you know, I gravitated toward these arms of mine, pain in my heart, you know, try a little tenderness, things like that. The other yeah, great songs yeah. in that man's catalog and respect I thought was like, I thought it was weird. I'm like, that just, I mean... You do all this other stuff, and then you have this, like... Well, how different it is to listen to that song... And Aretha Franklin's... Aretha Franklin's has more balls. Yeah, (laughs) for real. She's like, no, this is my song, Otis. Her version of that song. 
like if you want to like talk about uh, just like uh, some feminist movement stuff or right. something right now, that's a real like serious comment. Like it's. I don't know when the Aretha Franklin came out. I'm assuming sometime in the it's 80s. Like, it, no, there, uh, no, 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 no. Don't ever guess a date again at, the, at this point. All right. It came I'm out sorry. the same decade as, as Otis's. I think it might have came out within a year because cover versions were okay back then. Now you have to go okay. through all sorts of legal bullshit to do it. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like no, the Beatles released, so it, released Twist and Shout right after the Isley Brothers did. Yeah. So, but it, it's just crazy to me to think about how how different these songs are, just from who sings it, and that that can be said for pretty much any cover, uh, is how much the artist themselves takes on a little bit of meaning just as their like identity, mm-hmm. and that can warp a song just on its own. Yeah, uh, which is really really cool to think about. It's not just the lyrics; it's your identity as a band that creates more meaning for your songs uh which i think is just incredible to think about when you people just look at lyrics or something or look at like the the single artist but it's just much bigger than that uh and yeah i don't know um brian i feel like uh i swooped in just to add that extra otis redding thing uh, what do you think here? What is your so, favorite uh, covers? What, do, what do you like? My, uh, two I've, I've really had um, circling right now um, would be Rihanna's Love on the Brain. It got covered by uh, one of my favorite bands, uh, the Cold War Kids, or Cold War Kids. Okay. And uh, yeah, I love that cool, song cool to me uh, was complete ass when Rihanna did it. It was just a typical like, like it was cool. Like, you know, it's cool. Like, Rihanna's a badass girl, you know, but um, it was just a typical pop song to me. And then they did it, uh, and just just the vocal harmonies uh, from a musician standpoint, and just the placement of uh just certain like fills and runs and stuff um really just made me uh kind of fall in love with that version and um i i've seen this live um james bay uh, james bay's version of alicia keys if i ain't got you um if you're gonna look that up look it up on youtube uh like i i, I I'm pretty sure that's not Alicia Keys' song. I'm pretty sure Alicia Keys is a, is a cover. Is it really? Um, I don't. I. I. I, I don't. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Before too, though. I don't. I, like, I don't. I don't have that in front of me. So, but I'm pretty sure it's not. I'm pretty sure she wrote that. You and um, you very much. Like I'm. For some reason, I'm thinking it's a Bee Gees song, but I'm. I might be wrong. Perhaps. I think it is surprising to me sometimes where I go through the same mindset where I'll listen to a song and then find out that it's a cover at a later point. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. already associating that Words song to this new band at a point. Um, okay, fair enough. Uh, I stand corrected. But, but, yeah, go ahead, Brian. Don't edit that yeah, part yeah, out. Yeah. I stand corrected. Um, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, those... Uh, I mean, I've seen James Bay do it twice. I, 
I've also seen him do Rolling on the River, which sucked. But, um, yeah. You mean Proud Mary, which is only good by Ike and Tina Turner? Because even the original sucked. Credence, Credence's version is not good. I don't care what anybody will tell you. Wait, what? What is happening? Yeah, right so now? you're not saying that Credence is bad, though. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Okay, Credence wrote just, that. Just song, that. Right? Yeah, Credence wrote that song. Okay. Um, All right. But, um, I, and I love Credence, but just fuck that. Fuck their strongly version. Strongly advise to uh, look his version up on YouTube. Uh, it's fucking incredible. Who is um, this again? James Bay. Okay. Uh, He's a he's another talent. I, I feel like we need to have a um, podcast just focused on not podcast, but um, just an episode, an episode. focused on uh, just the sounds coming out of the UK. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of young people with like mm-hmm. cre. You know, I, I feel like so much more talent and grit and like like just passion for it than American artists. But that's a separate conversation. That's yeah, that's but, a way different issue. But but um Yeah. Yeah. Um those are the two I found out r- recently that Skinny Love, um who I always known it uh from um It's Bon Iver, no? Yes, or? it what it, it is Bon Iver, but uh Birdie covered it um and like she got more recognition. I've not heard the birdie one. Um, I've heard I've definitely. I've heard, heard bon the Iver. birdie one. It's not. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it personally. Have you heard of Bon Iver before, Matt? Uh, um, yeah, he's released three of my favorite albums in the last decade. <laughs> like I mean, for Emma, forever ago is phenomenal. His self-titled album Matt, is phenomenal. His most recent album was my one of my favorite albums of 2016. Matt, you have go, you ever yeah. heard of a band called the Airborne Toxic Event? Yes, I have. Um, I don't know why, but all their shit is not on iTunes anymore. Like it's like on, like you can see it, but it's it's not. You you can't purchase it. You, you can't. There was one song they did. Wishing well. No. Oh, oh, they covered Terrence Trent Darby. I don't know. I don't know. But this is an emotion well kiss and tell. But um, <laughs> not massing the rest. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know the rest of those lyrics. <laughs> That's the rest of the show. Right I now. know the Terrace Trent Darby this version. I don't know their. No, they had another. All you. They had another song because when I first started my not my current job, my last full time job, one of my coworkers was telling me about them, and they told me about a song by them, but I don't remember what it was. And I listened to it, and I was like, eh. Um, but that was just that song, so I didn't really give the band its due chance. Um, no, but if they cover if they covered Terrence Trent Darby, I'm down. I'll say that right now. <laughs> um, they really just have that song, but that song um, is so powerful. It's called Wishing Well. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh... I don't know. I haven't really heard uh, much from them. I did hear the uh, Bon Iver Skinny Love. I, I haven't heard the Birdie version though, which I feel like it, Bon Iver is a good example of an artist that would be very, very interesting to cover as well, um, or, or to even hear covers that Bon Iver personally does himself. My favorite cover is "Sex on Fire" by the Wayward Changers. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Hang on, because so no, we're, we're, we're getting to the end of the show here. Hang on. This wait, is the end but, of the show but, now. But, we need to talk about this. But all, all like, king aside, we do the cover pretty well. You do, but I just want to. This is now on the podcast. Sex it's on, living forever now. Sex on fire. Matt, is that? I'm going to tell you a little Kings story now. It's Kings of Leon. Correct. Okay, just making sure. I know, too um, I know too much music. So very recently, the Wayward Strangers, Brian and, and the band, they had a show at like a Queens like events. Well, yeah, it was like a festival type of thing where people are walking around and it's families and it was like an arts of, festival. And they're yeah. it wasn't an arts festival. It was like a food festival actually. Right. Uh, well, yeah. Lot, like I was an, I was making an analog to something I experienced in Chicago earlier because when Brian yeah. when Raleigh talked about it, I was like, oh, I think I know what that means. It's like the same type of thing. It's like very open thing. So uh, Wayward's playing, and they're doing great. It's it's a pretty good show. They sound good. Um, and there's a lot of kids, actually, at this because it's a family thing. So people yeah, are bringing the kids. Like, it's like, what, 7 p.m., like, 8 p.m.? It's also 9 o'clock There is night. no defense for this. I'm just saying. I mean, like, it, it was on the set list. We were not changing it. I mean, the guy said it was not... <laughs> He like he bought us a beer. You could have changed it. So let me just let me just get through this though. Right. So kids are all dancing on the dance floor. They're having a good time. They're jumping up and down. They're like two years old, and uh, you guys finish through your song, and you get up to your next song, and as soon as like the opening to Sex on Fire starts happening, me everyone that I knew we all just looked at each other. And we looked at the kids on the dance floor, and then we looked at each other again, and we're like, "This is probably a bad idea to say this right now." Or and it's the best idea. Or it's the yeah, best idea. I mean, if no you want to watch the we world go to chaos, um, they had no idea. And they were so young. They, yeah, they, they didn't. didn't I guess it like, was fine. What like? I mean, but at that point, it's Fra- it's Frank Zappa walking into a walking watch. into a record label. We're just another band from LA. You don't know. Like I, that's I what that talking. is. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to other people though, and we're like, he's gonna change the word, right? He's not gonna actually say sex. On fire. Hell he's no, like, he's not. On fire. He's gonna be like fire, uh, like lips on fire, something like that. No, do you think he's and... smart enough to do that? No way. <laughs> I mean, I was hoping for something. And it doesn't happen, and he just he starts yelling, uh, the sex is on fire. And it, I feel like it happened like in slow motion where all the mothers all start to go out to the dance floor, grab their children, and pull that, them away. That did not even happen. <laughs> that did. There but was, like, still, that's, it, even if it did, that's the fucking best. <laughs> because here's the thing. Here is the fucking thing about that statement. It's like, oh, I was able to get down to that. When I was a kid, no way am I gonna let For sure. my kid no. deal with that because I'm a hypocrite. And I, I can't f- criticize it that much either. That. I mean, I play GTA three, and the first level you like kill a hooker, and because that bitch I was like seven it. years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he said something like that. <laughs> um, so I can't judge it that much. No, but yeah, it, I'm pretty sure it you was sleep fun with her to watch. First, and then you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Raleigh knows what's up. You got the whole story. I just wanted to do a video night. game podcast, <laughs> Raleigh? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, oh, man. Uh, well, so, yeah, that's all I wanted to end the show with. Uh, well, before. The show is great. Before, but No, before, before we end the show, because we're, like, not even at an hour yet. Or we're just barely at an hour. Um, 
I do want to just sort of reel off some covers that people should check out. Go ahead. Give us a list, actually, um, right now. Like I, like I said, uh, and I, I don't have these ranked in any way, so don't... I'll, maybe by the end of this, I'll come up with my favorite, but uh, I don't know. Um, I, I actually think Johnny Cash's Personal Jesus is better than his version of Hurt. Um, in fact, his entire American recording series is all covers. All of it is phenomenal. Um, there's a, I grew up in the eighties. So a lot of people my age, when you ask them what their favorite cover is, they're probably going to gravitate towards something like Jimi Hendrix, all along the watchtower or, or Ramones, do you want to dance or, um, maybe even Bjork's it's oh so quiet, but I actually think the beach boys doing, do you want to dance is better than the Ramones version. Because it was not originally by them, like most people think. Also, English Beat, Can't Get Used to Losing You. Um, uh, of course, Bjork's It's Oh So Quiet. George Benson's On Broadway. The Rolling Stones version of Not Fade Away is better than Buddy Holly's. Yes, I said it. Ike and <laughs> Tina Turner's Proud Mary is phenomenal. Talking Heads doing Al Green, Take Me to the River. Gotta hear that track. Nico doing uh, Jackson Brown's uh, These Days is one of the... Despite her lack of range as a singer, she made that German monotone voice beautiful. Uh, of course, Aretha Franklin's respect. Queen of yeah, Soul. That's one I'll vouch for. <laughs> Queen of Soul, need I say more? Um, I could <laughs> do an entire list on just covers of Dylan songs. Um, and even covers of Dylan songs done by the Birds, but I actually think um, the Birds did Mr. Tambourine Man better than he did, as well as You Ain't Going Nowhere better than he did. I can kind of agree with that as well, too. Um, Jimi Hendrix's version of All Along the Watchtower, of course. Elvis yeah. Costello did a, did two really good covers as well. What's so funny about Peace, Love, and Understanding, originally by Nick Lowe, and he did I Can't Stand Up for Falling Down, originally by um, often underrated soul duo Sam and Dave. The Clash, my favorite band, did a bunch of covers. Um, I Fought the Law is probably their most famous which is I Fought the Law and the Law, law one. The law one. Yeah. yeah. And they also did Junior Mervin's Police and Thieves. They did Toots, Toots in the Mates Hall's Pressure Drop, Police on My Back. I don't remember who that's by, but they did it. And um, there was an... Oh, they also did uh, Rangam Boyo by the Pioneers. All of those are worth your time. And I don't think these are better than the originals, but they're probably worth your time. If you're interested, Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You, and Johnny Cash is Hurt. Um, and I could keep going. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to. I feel to, like it, it is very difficult to to also... you. It's it's hard to say that a cover is better than a song, too. Yeah, because it essentially is a different song. And if it's not a different song then in my opinion it's not really even a cover it's just like eh, I, I mean like it is a cover. i mean how would you guys feel about a cover album i mean like that's like totally fine if you 
My because opinion the, with the cover, I would not is, want it to. Like, I would say it shouldn't be monetary, like no, monetized though. Like, no, I well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll just I'll just throw this into it, just because this is so the uh, a band I really like, the Dirty Projectors, who I mentioned earlier. They covered a legendary hardcore album. Um, they covered "Damaged" by Black Flag. If you are interested in hardcore, you should check that out because it's one of the it's one of the best ones. Um, yeah. But their version of it is is not hardcore. It is drastically different, and it is completely re envisioned, reinterpreted. Some parts they even get the lyrics wrong because they because according to Dave Longstreth, they were doing it from memory. They didn't do it with everything in front of them. And I would recommend you check that out just as sort of something to say, hey, this band actually did this. You know, this is probably a better way to interpret a better way to interpret songs. Well, yeah, and like yeah. that's the whole thing when, like, in any band I'm in and we play covers, I'm like, dude, like, I'm not gonna sit here and strum it the same way or play it the same way or do it the same way. Like, if we're doing a cover, like, we're changing it so that it's it fits our style to make like, your own, like, yeah. Like, uh, like what I was saying before, an artist kind of takes on their own identity, and that changes a song and even its meaning in some and, ways, and too. So it it's important be. to do that. And, yeah, you know, that's the way it should be. And um, I think Very much agree. Perfect example, Brian, I think you would agree, would be the Suds from the other night. Um, you know, the Suds. With Tyler Creator. A, that's another yeah, thing. Yeah, Creator let's plug him again at the end of the show. Yeah. Because for real, uh, that was incredible. Uh, at the end of uh, the sh- the Sud show, which I, I recently saw, not at the end, uh, during it though, he, uh, Tom Aquino, he did a cover of Tyler the Creator's 2020 Vision, I think it was, right? And uh, that was just so, so well done. Uh, and it was just incredible to see him mesh this jazzy feel with a hip-hop rap uh, lyrics and uh, and. Just see how creative he could be with the song too. It, it was just really, really fun to watch. Um, going for it is a cool yeah. thing. If you're willing to go for it, try it. Yeah, when yeah I, just to go. When I first moved to Philly, try new things. When I first moved to Philly, um, one of my first friends that I made here, his name is Jason. Um, he said, "Hey, come to this bar," which I th- I'm pretty sure it was Tritone, which doesn't exist anymore. And I shit neither of you not. This band was doing late fifties. It was like it was like very bop jazz, um, but they were covering the Misfits. Yeah, like, and and it was and and Man. and they. I can't even begin to like. <clears throat> like it was. I mean, it was. It was just know. like imagine, imagine you know a Sinatra or a Tony Bennett. Or, or a Mel Torme, just doing a Misfit song and taking it with the absolute grainy, grainest ass grain of salt and just getting through it and just yeah. saying, yeah, fuck just... that piece of shit. These guys took it seriously. They extended solos when they needed to. They played to the crowd. It was yeah. mag. It's it was magnificent. It, works, though, it was magnificent. Because... I was like... How dangerous dangerous is it to attempt that too? Because there is a legitimate shot 
if you're an artist and you're covering a, a such a different genre that you could fall flat on your face and it could sound dead awful. Yeah. And when it sounds great, I think that's what makes it that much more impressive. I mean, and because the Misfits songs were so short in general, they did like 50 songs. I'm pretty sure they covered Walk Among Us by the Misfits and Legacy of Brutality in their entireties on this set, <laughs> all along with a bunch of singles that were never on albums because those, those songs were not long. And, yeah. like, it's... It's just I mean, fun to it's, it's that, I mean, you know, when people, people talk do. about you know, like their favorite shows, I think that's one of them, and it's not like a landmark thing. It's not like the Beatles at Shea Stadium or or the Clash at Shea Stadium or whoever at Madison Square Garden at Shea Stadium, yeah, <laughs> or, or or any of the eight hundred times Billy Joel performed there because fuck that guy, um, you know, or or Queen at Wembley Arena or whatever, but. Like, it was one of those things that, like, I'm like, man, I never thought about this before. And I'm glad I'm thinking about it now. But, yeah. like, yeah. that's why you go to live shows, and, and that's why, personally, in my opinion... That's what live shows are fun. You never pass up a, uh, you know, you never pass up an opportunity to go, because, I mean... Yeah, when we went to the Portugal Man concert, they covered Pink Floyd. Yeah. Oh, what did those assholes cover of Pink Floyd? It was, uh, I think, did they do money or... Uh... No, no, dude, if they did money, I, I, I would have crowd surfed that entire song. Um, <laughs> uh, wow, no, what is they that did uh, another Brick in the Wall, which was kind of yep, weird. Brick in the Wall. It, it was like, it was it was an okay cover. It, it was like... But it's interesting to see people's takes on things, too. <laughs> I don't think it was necessarily a good cover, and I would not want to ever hear that on an album. But to hear it live and see, hey, they're trying something. Yeah, I sure. mean, like I, like, I just feel like that's, like, not a song that really fits them. Like, they just kind of, they kind of just played it the, the same exact way. And, like, if you're going to play a cover, I feel like you should play a cover that's either going to, like, mellow people out and get people, like kind of like thinking about their lives or like really rocking out like bugging out flipping out and like yeah the, the whole their point shit, of mr like, right side being a cover for every band ever yeah and like <laughs> oh, their shit is like in the middle it, it was like just very like driving down a yeah, straight road i wasn't road, quite sure you know? exactly what they were doing yeah it was just like i was like standing it was not there. it wasn't bad it wasn't yeah amazing, this was a great show uh, I think we had a lot of really good topics next week on the show I already have our topic in mind actually uh, because it's something I've been talking about Brian with for his band about making a music video for maybe one of his videos I'm not sure exactly yet but I want to talk about uh, music videos and how important or how much that can uplift a song uh, oh, dude! Or change yeah. a song. Damn, right, that's cool. next that's week. cultural. We're not talking about it now. <laughs> like how do we do yeah. that? How do you okay. do that in this day and age? First, <laughs> first, we're not doing it now. First, next week, okay. First video that comes out a lot. I don't even know the name of the song. Is the guys on the treadmills? Oh, oh that's okay, your go. first video. God damn, I'm old. <laughs> oh. No, 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 no. Like, Matt remembers when MTV started to become a no, thing. No, like... For real. That's the first video that I, like, 
comes to my mind about about videos shaping like careers or songs. Oh, you mean yeah. it puts you into a fucking box and now you're just stuck doing that forever? So now you know not to do treadmills. Yeah, it's fun. Great. Glad you've learned a lesson. <laughs> no treadmills. That's an artist. Note taken for everyone. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, listeners, make sure you subscribe to us on uh, iTunes. We're on Google Play as well. We're on YouTube. Uh, check the podcast. It's also up on, on my website, brianspagnoli.com. Yeah. Um, and Matt, I also want you to actually send me the list of those songs, the covers that you really enjoy, and I'll include all of them in a, underneath the, uh, the next post for this episode. Um, so yeah, make sure you check us out there and subscribe. I think we, uh, I have the Instagram and Twitter up, Matt and the B flats on Instagram and then Matt and B flat on Twitter. I'm pretty sure. Matt B flat. Matt and his goddamn B flat. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, make sure to check that out. Uh, it's like you have a boil on your face or something. Every, maybe. Every, How do you know I don't? Call it. How do you know I don't? Okay. Every, yeah. We just call it B. We just call it B flat. Matt we'll and have his B flat. Matt the boiler. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Matt, do your job. It's one line, man. What, we're not plugging ourselves? Where can we find Raleigh? Okay, yeah, fine, fine. Talk uh, about it. Sure let him talk about his EP. Just release an EP, man. All right. Lamb right. in Our Hearts by Wayward Strangers. I listened to it last week. It's really good. Well, um, thanks, man. You yeah. should really, you should check it out. I mean, I'll be, I'll be real with you, Brian. I think you guys have some work to do as a band. A lot of work. What what does that mean? I can't even really articulate, but like I see, I see stuff there that is cool. And, and, and like that's how I feel. Like I, like I see it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like they just they just need to. I I mean the the easy thing them. for me to say is you just need to go for it more. But anytime anybody says that to someone who's creative, like go for what? So I don't want to like I don't. All I all I know is I want to keep seeing things from the wayward strangers, and I want to see what happens. And that's one of the things I love about following yeah. an artist. So I, I so, totally yeah. wish you all the best, and I will continue to listen to anything you guys put out. Thanks, um, I'm sure, excited to check out uh, the Suds. So since they're friends, they're, fr- sure. they're friends of y'all. Too. Check out the Suds. Uh, the uh, the Suds guy Tom Quino is also in the Wayward Strangers as well. Uh, but yeah, so follow the Wayward Strangers on Twitter as and well, Instagram, and follow the Suds Twitter, Instagram on SoundCloud as well too. I believe both of you guys are yeah, actually on SoundCloud. yeah, and both um, of us had tracks on SoundCloud that are not released on iTunes. Um, so you definitely want to go to SoundCloud and yeah. check that shit out. Find some bonus music there. Yeah. Uh, and also, you can follow Brian. Do you want to put your, your Twitter out? What do you want to do? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, B-R-A-L-L-Z-Z. Brawls. B-Rawls. Brawls. He's got big brawls. I'm going with that. It's an ACDC song. He's got big brawls. My brawls are always bouncing. No, I'm not going to do it. Matt, where are you I'm at? I'm Infinite underscore Rewind on every social media platform I choose to be on. 
Um, if you are talking to infinite underscore rewind on any social media platform and they show you their penis, promise you it's not me because I refuse to do that. Uh, you could find me hosting <laughs> podcasts um, on ngrradio.com. I host, I co-host NGR with my friend Corey. I co-host the Brew Review Ooh. with my boys uh, John Martin, Corm, and Jesse White. We All we cool basically guys. get drunk and chit chat. And I'm still writing for ngrradio.com whenever I find the time between my three jobs and hosting podcasts. Um, <laughs> also, f- yeah, f- hit me up at Infinite or Square Rion if you want to talk. I'm interested. And if any listener questions are coming to this, we should answer them. So please do not be afraid yeah. to send stuff. We shall address them. And if these two chuckleheads yeah. don't want to, I will. I guarantee it. <laughs> no, I think we'll all be involved in this too. Uh, and yeah, we'll have the, the Facebook group up too. And uh, I'll try and get a little community going with that as well. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm Zombie XSP on everything. Uh whether it be Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, uh, Xbox, everything. Yeah. Um, so definitely check me out there. Uh, and I guess, uh, yeah, I think we're good. Matt, do your job. Great show, guys. Banana and out.